UST. Together, we build for boundless impact. I retired early at the age of about 50. And since then, I raised uh, two grandsons. I'm 87 years old. Not everybody gets the honor of being this old. Welcome to the Best New Ideas in Money, a podcast from MarketWatch. I'm Stephanie Kelton. I'm an economist and a professor of economics and public policy at Stony Brook University. And I'm Jeremy Olshan, the editor of MarketWatch. Each week, we explore innovations in economics, finance, technology, and policy that rethink the way we live, work, spend, save, and invest. Today, we're looking at new technology that can address one of the biggest financial challenges of retirement, the exorbitant cost of long-term health care. According to one recent poll, 88% of Americans would prefer to age at home or with loved ones. Sadly, that can't always happen. But what if using robots, new AI technology in the home, could help make that possible? And how would that change our planning for retirement? So when we retire, our spending tends to follow what economists and financial advisors call the U-curve. That means we spend a lot of money at the start of retirement on travel or pursuing various adventures and hobbies, but our rate of spending gradually slows. As we get older and start to have greater health issues, our spending accelerates again. The pattern forms the shape of the letter U. Nursing homes can be expensive, costing on average nearly $9,000 per month. That's just over $100,000 a year. But what if technology could flatten that U-curve? That is the idea behind today's episode. It helps to begin thinking about our plans for old age earlier and earlier through financial planning, but also, some experts say, by using smart home technologies that can adapt to our changing needs. If you're young, you've probably never thought about any of these things. It turns out, though, there's tech to solve that problem, too. Meet Agnes. We are going to try on an old age body simulator. When you're wearing Agnes, suddenly it's harder for you to be able to reach something on the countertop. Oh, this is everything's so heavy. Agnes stands for Age Gain Now Empathy System. Not only does it help architects, designers, and developers to create better products for the aging, it can also help you empathize with your future self. It is just brilliant. Agnes is the coolest thing out there. Patty Brennan is a former nurse turned financial advisor. Agnes is a suit that you put on. You put on these shoes. It makes it so that your balance is off. You put on this part and you can't raise your arms. So you've got those arthritic changes. So they basically program Agnes to make you feel like, for example, an 83-year-old woman. And then they say, go walk. Go walk around. It's a real eye-opener in terms of, gee, what does life look like? People avoid talking or even thinking about long-term care. It combines the already difficult topics of finances and logistics with the emotional reality that life is only going to get harder. But it's also a universal experience and one that we can't outrun. We want to put it off, but putting it off makes it a much bigger problem. When people come into our offices, a lot of times they're nervous. It takes a lot of courage to go into a financial planner's office. And it's important that we can empathize with those people because I will tell you that it doesn't matter how much money a person has, there is always something or someone they're thinking or worrying about. 
If you want to age at home, you also have to consider home improvements that make it safer, like installing stair climbers, rubber floors, ramps, and bathroom modifications to prevent falls. Depending on where and how you live, these modifications could cost anywhere from $10,000 to $100,000. And you may at some point also need a home health aid, which can add about $4,500 per month. Medicare can help with some of these costs, but it's not going to cover everything. Still, for many people, the choice to remain in their homes is far more appealing and can be more cost-effective now, especially as new technologies are entering the market. Once we figure out how and where we want to age, we have to figure out how far our funds will go. And with demographic changes, an aging society, and fewer young workers available to do care work, it could get harder and harder. As we all need more care, there's going to be less people to provide it, the cost is going to rise much faster than inflation. A very important side effect of the aging population is the rising cost of home health care. Before the pandemic, the average cost of home care was rising at 4.5%, more than twice the rate of inflation. Now, home health care workers are getting even harder to find. Their median hourly wage is just $13. That's less than what you would make working at most Walmarts. To keep up with demand, the U.S. will need to recruit an estimated 2.3 million care workers by 2025. It's not something that you look at just for one year or two years. We got to look at it over a long period of time. So my answer is typically stay in your home is probably going to be more cost effective. Staying in your home into old age might require some redesign so you can live there safely. Researchers at places like the MIT Age Lab are inventing new technology to help do exactly that. Imagine a bathroom where you can get a daily checkup, carpets that sense falls, or even robot pets that keep us company. We're a group of folks that are in behavior science, engineering, data science, and social science, trying to understand how we can bring new ideas and technology to make living longer, living better. That's Joe Coughlin, the founder and director of the MIT Age Lab, a research program dedicated to the future of transportation, housing, caregiving, and retirement. At the MIT Age Lab, aging is an opportunity for innovative and creative technological advances that affect all of us, not just older people. Coughlin envisions your home being a one-stop shop for all your medical, physical, and emotional needs. I want you to imagine a situation where you're managing one, two, three chronic conditions, where you should be exercising, taking certain medications. Your smart kitchen is going to anticipate the foods that you need in your refrigerator that you may be out of and facilitate home delivery of that food. And your bathroom will enable a checkup a day to keep you connected to health and well-being services so suddenly the home is no longer just a place to keep the rain off. It's a place to keep you independent, engaged, and well. Another researcher at the MIT Age Lab is Dr. Chai Wu Lee. Dr. Lee's research primarily focuses on people's experiences with smart technologies, as well as inventing systems that can assist older people in their homes. She gave us a tour of some of the new gadgets she's developing. So the first thing you will notice when you enter our lab is a Volkswagen Beetle that's been instrumented with some of our technologies. This is called the Miss Daisy, and it's something that we use for some of our mobility and driving studies to understand better the future of automation in the vehicle as a solution to help people be safe on the road longer. 
We've been exploring some possibilities around robotics, thinking about how are companion robots, social robots, and assistant robots, how would they be able to play a role in providing care in the future in the home and providing assistance around different household tasks and help them connect with people outside of the home. While Dr. Lee and her colleagues are developing these innovations, they're also thinking about emotions like loneliness and isolation, which can come with getting older. We also have a therapeutic robot called Paro. It has the shape of a baby heart seal. And it's supposed to give and need love to and from a person. It's primarily developed for people with dementia, but also being used with people who are looking for companionship or people who wouldn't want to take care of a live animal because that comes with a lot of responsibilities. Self-driving cars and robot companions aren't widely available now, but it may not be too long before we all have them. A tech company in the Netherlands has developed a walker with sensors to detect obstacles and the ability to come when called. It even has a built-in dance program that encourages movement and exercise. A Swedish company is marketing a smart medicine dispenser, which can make sure you're getting your correct daily dose. In Hong Kong, Hansen Robotics has developed a humanoid robot nurse, Grace, who can communicate in English, Mandarin, and Cantonese. She has a thermal camera in her chest to take your temperature and measure your responsiveness. Right now, ordering a Grace of your own costs about as much as a luxury car, but prices are expected to come down as the volume of robots produced increases. I provide companionship, empathy, and even talk therapy. I can help my human friends capture their life stories to pass along to others, control technology in their rooms, and communicate with their family and community. Japan, which has the oldest population in the world, is already using devices like an ultrasonic bladder sensor that alerts a caregiver when you need the bathroom. The U.S. home care market is expected to grow to $225 billion by 2024, driven by an expanding aging population. The products range in price, too. On the market right now, there's a $600 device that uses Wi-Fi to turn kitchen appliances off that you might have left on. There's also a $26 compact camera that lets you monitor a loved one's activity in case of something like a fall. Here's Joe Coughlin again. 10, 15, 20 years ago, we were talking about the smart home as something of the future. But today you can go into any retailer and there's entire aisles and websites dedicated to the smart home. Things that many younger people are taking for granted are now becoming the new virtual assisted living for older adults. Controlling your lights, having your kitchen know that you're out of your favorite ice cream before you know you're out of your favorite ice cream, providing transportation, monitoring well-being, making sure you took your meds and what your blood pressure is, what your body weight is, we've got you covered. In time, Coughlin says that these more cutting-edge advancements will become affordable, everyday household amenities. The idea of telehealth during the pandemic became, shall we say, a new revelation. The idea of getting a checkup a day is becoming the new normal. Where once people could not stay in their home, this will extend their ability to remain safe and give their families peace of mind. Financial planner Patty Brennan agrees. She says you'd be surprised to find out how many things we take for granted now started out as expensive high tech. The rear view camera that we all take for granted now in our cars. 
garage door openers, okay? They were basically developed for older people to lift those heavy garage doors. Now it's mainstream. And they were so expensive when they first came out. So how do we bring these newer technologies into our everyday households? And how do we get older adults to seamlessly use and trust them? More on that after the break. Welcome back to the best new ideas in money. As Joe Coughlin of the MIT Age Lab has been telling us, all this new technology is being developed to assist us in old age. But how do we make it part of our everyday lives? And most importantly, get it into the homes of older adults? All of us seem to have a subscription for this and that. What we're envisioning is that the real innovation is not the technology, but it's the integration. We're actually envisioning ecosystems of partnerships of large branded companies coming together, some maybe even with social services, to create one entity, drugstore, the grocery store, telehealth, and the like, all are under one service. So suddenly, you will not own any of the technology. It'll be an entire ecosystem of the home, nutrition, medication, management, and the like. Amazon has already come up with a subscription service of its own. It's called Alexa Together, and it includes an urgent response function, as well as a shared account for family members to check in on the activities of their loved ones. The subscription service the MIT Age Lab envisions will provide interactive devices that can monitor your air quality, track how much exercise you're getting, chart your sleep patterns, and even order your groceries. We spoke to Farrell Kenimer, who's been testing some of the MIT products in his own home. I live in Phoenix. I live in a, uh, what people usually call a retirement home. We like to call it a life plan community. It's in a uh, medium rise apartment building. I'm on the fifth floor, so I get to look out over three different mountain ranges in the southeast and west. I'm 87 years old. I had a career in the Air Force and missiles. I uh, graduated from U of A in Tucson and got a mechanical engineering degree there. Went to work for the uh, Federal Department of Interior. I retired early at the age of about 50. And since then, I raised uh, two grandsons. Not everybody gets the honor of being this old. So what exactly was Farrell's life like at home with all these new gadgets from MIT? Here's Chai Wu Lee again. What Farrell was using was RC3 HomeKit. So that has a tablet component, which is the dashboard for displaying some of the information that different sensors are collecting. What the dashboard does, instead of just displaying raw information that sensors collect, making some useful calculations for people to understand their homes better. Am I using too much energy? How does my home climate look right now? And the dashboard will also ask you things like, how are you feeling right now? How was your sleep? How's your day going? It checked certain things like the temperature in my room. They uh, checked the uh, air quality. It was consistent. It was all good all through the test periods. They wanted to check my activity. I think they were tracking my steps or something. And since I'm basically wheelchair bound, that didn't work too well. In fact, it said I need to pick it up and be more active. We asked Joe Coughlin, when is a good time to start using these innovations? Painfully for me, we define aging as 45 and older. Now, why would we pick that age? 
Think about it. At 45, it's the first time you've gone to the doctor, perhaps, and you've gotten a checkup, and they say, hey, you're doing okay, but you might want to manage these couple conditions. You're also starting to peak in your income and what you want to buy. But by the way, you're also remodeling that home to put in new technology. And third, you're now calling your mother and father, not just to say hello, but you're thanking everybody that they are actually there to answer the telephone. You're at the very beginning of caregiving. Caregiving is an important piece of this conversation. And Coughlin says there's a significant gender dimension as well. If I have it my way, the notion of home as service in my mind is going to be a woman's best friend. Now, why do I make it gender specific? Is because despite the fact that men are saying they're doing more, statistically, they're not. They're doing marginally more than their parents and grandparents or grandfathers and fathers did. But generally speaking, women are still doing the shopping. They're still doing the caring. They're still juggling far more. What I'm hoping to do is to have technologies that either help what they're doing or to take some of that off their desk. One in four American families are providing upwards of 26 to 29 hours of care for an older adult. Home as service should take some of that burden off, not add challenges. Coughlin hopes these smart homes will allow family members to stay in the workforce without the stress of also being a full-time caregiver. But how much should we be saving to pay for these home updates? Here's financial planner Patty Brennan again. When people ask, how much should I allocate for that? You could earmark, for example, 50% of Social Security, I think is a good number. You want to think of your working capital as your retirement income for the fun stuff and Social Security earmarked for the technological improvements that I think are right around the corner. Talking about this technology, I also think people haven't saved enough. And now we're saying, in addition to all those other expenditures, you need to worry about making sure you have robots and all this other smart home tech. I guess the idea is that technology is going to alleviate a lot of these other costs we talked about. But it seems there are still a lot of big upfront costs that are hard to imagine not being out of reach for most retirees. You know, my parents live in a planned retirement community, one of these places where you have to be 50 or 55 before you can move in. But you can imagine a world maybe not so far off in the future where all of the properties that are built in places like that already include many of these kinds of things, the special bathrooms and safety carpeting, that sort of stuff. In other words, maybe you won't so much have to save for it. Maybe we'll start constructing homes that include many of these things. It'll come with its own robot. But taking human caregivers out of the picture completely isn't the answer either. Is this technology supposed to be a substitute or in place of, if you will, family caregiving? Absolutely not. We have no vision at all of having robots care for mom and dad. Robots may fill in for those tasks that take time, reminding someone to take their meds or doing some things around the house from vacuuming the floor to whatever it might be. We actually want to provide more time for families to provide quality time with mom and dad, not to replace that high touch with high tech. In fact, if anything, is to provide more time, quality time with family, not less time. Patty Brennan says the real goal is to improve the quality of life for everyone in the picture. Older Americans want to find ways to live more independently for longer, and their families want to know that they are safe doing so. We're going to be living longer. 120, 150, that's not pie in the sky thinking now. 
And the key here is to do so in a way so that we're also living better, that we're able to get around, that we're not in isolation. And as a financial planner, I've got to think about, oh my goodness, I got to make this money last for even longer. These conversations require a lot of empathy, whether you're empathizing with your future self through an old age simulator, like researcher Chai Wu Lee. I've worn Agnes a few times, and what I feel is that once I put it on, I feel very conscious about what I'm doing. I can't really think of anything other than being able to get around. Or thinking through the family members turned caregivers who will shoulder some of the responsibility as your needs begin to evolve. We need to start thinking about how we will age before we start aging, because it's going to affect everyone around us. There are still no ways around aging, and it's always going to be expensive. But these kinds of technologies could eventually make it possible to flatten that U-curve of retirement spending. And in addition to saving us money, it could help us focus on what matters most, spending more quality time with our loved ones as we get older. Thanks for listening to the best new ideas in money. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. And if you have ideas for future episodes, drop us a line at bestnewideasinmoney at marketwatch.com. Coming up in a few weeks, we'll be doing a special mailbag episode where we'll answer your questions. And if you send us your best new idea in money, we might talk about it on the show. Thanks to Patty Brennan, Joe Coughlin, Chai Wu Lee, and Farrell Kenimer. To learn more about the MIT Age Lab, head to marketwatch.com. I'm Stephanie Kelton. And I'm Jeremy Olshan. The Best New Ideas in Money is a podcast from MarketWatch, produced by Best Case Studios. Devin Maverick-Robbins and Suzanne Myers are our producers. And our associate producer is Hannah Leibowitz-Lockard. The executive producer for Best Case Studios is Adam Pincus. For MarketWatch, Melissa Haggerty is the executive producer, and the associate producer is Katie Ferguson. This episode was mixed by Melissa Pons. The Best New Ideas in Money theme was composed by Sam Retzer. Stephanie Kelton is an economist and a professor of economics and public policy at Stony Brook University, and not part of the MarketWatch newsroom. We'll be back next week with another new idea. The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude.